right. Thank, welcome back to the podcast, Everything You Never Needed to Know About Movies, Music, or Theater. I am your host, Matt. Again, that is the new intro to the show. I'm kind of enjoying it. Anyone who wants to know, it's the last track of the musical Lizzie, the musical, um, which is a musical about Lizzie Borden. If you want to look more about it, it is on YouTube, um, and it's a kick-ass um, final song to the whole show so it's, it's and it's one of my favorites and i did the lane design for it uh for theater company of saugus still my favorite gig i ever had but with um the last couple episodes i've been bringing some guests back i thought it was high time that i bring a new guest on someone who's never been on uh, uh this show before so we want to start the year fresh and not only that she's a great friend she's a wonderful actress a talented uh a writer and i um hope to continue working with her she's she did be on a couple other um recordings uh last year but she this is the first time she's been on this particular show just to talk uh it is my friend uh jackie freeman jackie great hey, to yeah. see you good to see you too thank you for having me yes how are you doing um hanging in there <laughs> that's the best i got right now hanging in there it's totally fine it's a friday it's the weekend we can we can relax a little bit um yeah so uh, this, this is the first time jackie i i hope to have jackie on more but this one this was a uh, uh suggestion jackie had which i had forgotten about this movie and that i haven't talked about it so today we're going to be talking about the movie murder by death Yes, this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, when I was back living with my parents, my, my dad and I would sometimes flip through and see what was showing on like Turner Classic Movies or American Movie Classics when they actually showed classic movies. Um, and we came across this one in the listing and he was describing it to me and I'm like, so it's like Clue? And he's like, maybe a little like Clue, but not entirely like Clue. You, yeah. you really have to see it. So I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll see it. And it's it's become one of my favorite movies and one of the most ones I like to quote the most. <laughs> it's, it's a very quotable movie. Um, I like to think of it as a little bit more of a classier version of, of Clue. Clue is very good. I'm not saying anything about it, but oh, no, uh, uh, when you've got something like Clue, which was co-written by John Landis versus Murder by Death, which is Neil Simon, mm -hmm. it's witty, it's hilarious, it's quotable, and it's a little bit more classier to me. It's, it's also based on literary figures instead of a board game, too. That's so true. that and lends I, a little bit, bit of class. <laughs> and, and I should say, and, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit deeper, but um, when Jackie and I first met, um, I was directing her in a show called Enchanted April, which we will be doing a um, reunion uh, reading of it in a, a couple of weeks, actually. So I'm really excited about that with the original, my original cast. Um, but when, but when we first met, I was actually driving her back and forth after rehearsals to the train station because I found out she was walking there and I felt bad. And we found that we actually loved uh, Marvel movies. Now here's where I'm going with this. This movie is like the first original Avengers movie, except for mystery novel characters. <laughs> Um, it's caricatures. It's their their send ups of the of it. Parodies of mystery, Parodies. famous mystery novel characters. But it's basically the Avengers coming together and being like, "Oh, we're going to solve this mystery." <laughs> and Thanos is played by Truman Capote. I mean, you can't get any better than if you're going to go from Josh Brolin, you got to go Truman Capote. Um, I know that's the only direction you can really go in, isn't it? You can't go any better than that. Um, but, any, but anyway, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, Murder by Death it was a, a movie uh, released in 1976, uh, written by Neil Simon. Now, if you're not familiar with Neil Simon, you haven't been listening to this podcast a lot. Um, Neil Simon is a famous playwright. Um, this actually, this movie predates The Goodbye Girl, which is one of my favorite movies, which I'll talk about at some point. But um, he's known for The Odd Couple, Barefoot in the Park, um, uh, Chapter Two, uh, The Sunshine Boys, uh, Last of the Red Hot Lovers. And this was his send up of uh, like a very broad parody spoof of uh, The Who Done It, which if you look at it now, they're still being done. Knives Out is a perfect example of the kind of who who's who done it kind of thing nowadays although i'm pretty sure you find out who did it in the first two minutes so it's basically just watching <laughs> daniel craig eat the scenery for two hours <laughs> and you get to see chris evans playing like the very opposite of steve rogers you get to see delightful well i kind of 
equate that his performance in that one to his performance in Scott Pilgrim. He's basically playing a douche, and it's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this movie uh, starred um, Eileen uh, Brennan, Truman Capote, as we said before, James Coco, Peter Falk, Alec Peter Guinness, Sell- Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers, yeah, uh, uh, yep. David David Nibben, uh, uh, Elsa Lancaster, Maggie Smith, the amazing Maggie Smith, Nancy Walker, and Estelle uh, Winward, and it uh, it it is a parody. So the uh, the thing I love about this particular one is my father. Um, obviously, he's seventy four, seventy five now. So he grew up with the classic movies of you know Nick and Nora, The Thin Man. Um, he loves um, um, Sam Spade. Actually, he loves Charlie Chan. I don't know what it is about that, but he oh loves, my, he loves Charlie Chan. That, um, that's something. It's in, that's an interesting one because this. I, I feel like so it's, it's Peter Sellers is playing the uh, kind of parody character of Charlie Chan, yeah. and I when I was doing a little bit of reading up before before tonight, um, I found that originally Charlie Chan was played by an Asian. Ca- Asian actor but mm-hmm. there it didn't really kind of gain any popularity until they had it played by a Swedish actor I mean today you, you never get away with doing this and I, I feel like the only thing that makes it acceptable in the movie is that it, it is parodying a practice that is no longer acceptable yeah well and actually reading about it myself um Peter Sellers was so convinced that this was going to be a bomb. He convinced the producers to buy back his percentage share of the movie, less depriving him of any kind of cut of the profits after the movie went out. And he just took a a flat acting fee, which this movie ended up being not to get uh, forward ahead into our, our speaking, but it was a huge, huge hit so much so that there's a spiritual sequel with the cheap detective that came a couple years later with the, it, it, it's a spiritual sequel in the same sense that like fierce creatures is, is a spiritual um, sequel to a fish called Wanda. So, um, but yes, a uh, 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 part of that is the classic. I mean, I grew up with, um, I had his name here a minute ago. I, I grew up with Sidney Toller. My dad would watch Sidney Toller as Charlie Chan. I found out later Sidney Toller was born in Wisconsin and he was of a Scottish descent. So the idea of whitewashing Charlie Chan to make it more mm-hmm. palatable, whatever, and him talking in the euphemisms and the cliches, mm-hmm. you know, that's what Charlie Chan did in the in the 50s and the, the 40s and the 50s when they did those... 30 uh, 90 minute serials um he talked like that it's not a uh, uh he talked that way and his mm-hmm. son was usually smarter than him and he spent the whole time calling telling his son to shut up and not in those words <laughs> but you tell him to shut up and do your job and he was the one who had to do the dirty work until they mm-hmm. brought in matlin morland and this is it's this is pure racism racism of the 1940s but you know you grew up with that kind of stuff but anyway yeah i grew up with um I love Sam Spade. Maltese Falcon is one of my favorite books. It's one of my favorite movies with Humphrey Bogart ever. And it's not, it's a send up, but it's not that far off of how abusive Sam Spade is to his secretary. It's like, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a different, it was a different time. Men were not emotionally available for mm-hmm. women and but I, I will say my favorite interactions in the movie are between Peter Falk and Eileen Brennan as yeah. Sam Diamond and his <laughs> assistant um they're the kind of the just the di- complete disdain she has for everything he says is just mm-hmm. delightful you can see it on her face um and his the the things he says are just so out there um my favorite, my, my favorite is he, she says something like, um, oh, Sam, I'm, I'm crazy for you. And he says something like, that's, that sounds like you're a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my, my favorite line in the whole movie is when uh, she, she says to him, don't you trust me, Sam? And he looks at her and he says, the last time I trusted a dame was Paris in 1940. She said she was going out to get a bottle of wine. Two hours later, the Germans marched into France. Yeah, um, classic. Um, yeah, he they kind of combined Sam Spade this time, Sam Diamond with uh, uh, 
um, Rick Blaine in um, uh, Casablanca. So they, they play on who who came out. They basically what they do is really cool. They make it so that when you go in, they throw the characters at you, and you either you know what they're sending up and you know what they're referencing, or you're completely lost. And I love that they. They don't spend time to be like, here's who this couple is. I mean, they do that in the in the regular sense of like the dialogue and their back and forth. I mean, all the characters have um, someone to play off of, and that helps mm-hmm. with the dialogue. But they don't spend a lot of time being like, oh, Nick and you know. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, they do establish it a little bit. I mean, I guess we could kind of go back and kind of give the uh, summary summary of the uh, premise of it. So in the beginning, you were introduced to I think the. First person on the screen is it Alec Guinness? He yeah. plays the uh, butler, the blind butler, no less. Um, and he's called he's called into his uh, his his master, for lack of a better word, office. And his master gives him a, a set of envelopes that he wants him to mail out with uh, invitations to a dinner party. And he hands him a little container of stamps. And you very you see him lick the stamp, and he you, he you off screen you see him pound his hand on top of the stamp, and he licks another stamp, and he pounds the next stamp, and then the camera goes down, and you see a set of envelopes, and the stamps are all stuck to the desk next to the envelopes, um, but you see the names on the envelopes, and they're all addressed to these parodies of famous detectives. So you have uh, is it a, uh, 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 Sam Diamond and yep. um, Sidney Wang. Is the so Sam Diamond is the is the Peter Falk character. Sydney Wang is the, Peter Sellers. Um, Miss Jessica Marbles mm-hmm. is what was uh, Miss Marbles. That, it's Miss Marbles. So Miss Marble. So they, um, she never she never had a first name. Oh, who was the actress who played her? That wasn't that wasn't Elsa Lancaster, was it? No, it was. Yep, that was Elsa Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And then uh, is it Dick and Dora Charleston? Yep, Dick and Dora Charleston. That's the, uh, the David Evan and uh, the amazing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then was it uh, Mr. Perrier? Yes, uh, Milo. Milo Perrier. Milo Perrier. Uh, um, uh, Perot, and he, I think he's it. James Coco, who's also accompanied, of course, by his chauffeur, was a very, very young James Cromwell. Um, I know. And oh I always God. forget about that. Oh my God. Uh, they, ha- they might have my second favorite exchange in the movie about Zibuns. Um, <laughs> But we can come back to that later. Uh, so, so these invitations all go to these kind of parodies of famous detectives, um, and they all you, you're introduced to them gradually when you see them all on the way to this dinner party. Mm. So you kind of get you get the idea of who they're supposed to be. You mm. get the you get the whole Sam Diamond equals Sam Spade, Sidney Wang equals Charlie Chan. You get you you understand that within the first five minutes of the movie. Mm. Um, and then they they all arrive and are uh, gradually led to dinner with their host, Mr. Lionel Twain, uh, wonderfully played by Truman Capote, um, yeah, yeah. who he's, he's tired of them all getting the credit for being these amazing detectives. So he's going to prove by he's going to prove by solving a murder that he is the greatest detective. And then, of course, chaos ensues. Which is just delightful. The um, I mean, the amazing thing for, for we can talk about all the actors uh, uh, coming up. Um, Truman Capote is really good in this, and there's only one sequence when it's kind of he's arriving and they do the kind of I call it the hallucinogenic Willy <laughs> Willy yeah. Wonka. I know bit. exactly which part you're talking uh, about. Uh, Willy Wonka bit. That seems like the only time to me i was like i'm watching a 70s movie otherwise this was a timeless Mm -hmm. it it was a timeless movie um yes it's in color so um it it has the the time and the feel um and oh my god i was just remembering all the bits with alec guinness i mean if you if you don't know alec guinness's work i mean if you just know him as um, Obi-Wan Kenobi from New Hope and, and the uh, original mm-hmm. trilogy, you're missing out on a lot. He is an amazing actor with um, uh, David Lean's movies, you know, Bridge on, on the River Kwai. Um, but this one, he's just so, he plays it so straight, which is absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do, and the whole, my favorite bit is him in the, um, so they hire, they catered it. So it, it there's oh, a, yeah, maid. A, a cook, a cook the maid. Maid slash cook. The maid and cook can't read <laughs> or write 
Oh no, she, uh, what she, she, she she's she's deaf and she doesn't speak, yeah. and she cannot read or write in English. Yeah, and these and the cards she gives him were given to huh. her. Alec Guinness is blind. <laughs> so, she tries to hand him this card that so, that describes her situation that yeah. she's deaf, cannot speak, and does not read or write English. And I, what does it say? And it's like this letter. This was written for me by the Acme Letter Writing Company. Yeah, it, and and they keep going back and forth like they both. She sits, spends most of the time sitting there smoking a cigarette, being like, "Why mm-hmm. am I here?" And he keeps coming and going, "Is dinner ready?" Yeah, there's a, there's at one point he he picks up a soup tureen and he takes it into the dining room, um, and he go he goes to ladle some soup into what was it I think it's a James Coco's dish, yeah. and and being blind of course the butler can't tell that the soup tureen is completely empty, but mm-hmm. he he's he's miming it so precisely, and uh, what is it James Coco he's he says something like, "Well, is the soup in your dish, sir? There is nothing in my dish." but my dish. So Alec and as he takes his hand and he's like feeling the inside of the tree and he's like, I see. <laughs> he leaves. It was, it's, this, the, the comedy and the acting is so precise. It's so brisk what, what Neil Simon does. He never lets you let up. I mean, he's either, it's either exposition explaining why they're there or they're getting right into the jokes and this he never lets anything go which is really good it, like it, the comedy keeps coming and you you don't you get you get moments to relax and you, so you don't laugh and you don't die of a heart attack <laughs> but you also don't he doesn't lose the momentum and that's also no, uh, Ro- and also Robert Moore who is the director who directed a bunch of um his uh him Gene Sachs and um um Mike Nichols are like the three big directors who mostly did Neil Simon work on Broadway and the plays. So they knew what Neil Simon was like. I mean, you know, so they had that ability, but yeah. So you've got uh, Alec Guinness, you got Truman Capote, you've got amazing Peter Sellers. Playing, oh, Peter Sellers playing. is brilliant in that. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. The, the My favorite part is when he's speaking to um, um, uh, Charleston and mm. His son drives off and he's like, did not finish my... Mushroom story. Mushroom story. Um, and... I think my favorite exchange is actually during that same sequence. Um, it's when he and his son are in the car on their way there. And uh, it's right before they meet the Charlestons. And uh, the, the, you hear a dog bark off in the distance. And he's like, you hear that? And the son is like, I don't hear nothing, Pop. What do you hear? double negative and dog it's just it's so clever it's really good it's really good what they do um and then you have david niven and uh, uh maggie smith as uh dick and dora charleston <laughs> i have to say so it's really interesting that um neil simon made these people british because um william powell and myrna loy are known as uh, nick and Nor- uh, nora from the thin man movies and they're very they're classy but they're very new york it, mm-hmm. it it feels very new york when they're talking and when will william powell is doing his his bit so it's very interesting that they they went british with this but i couldn't be happier uh, niven plays it absolutely straight mm-hmm. the funny thing is um um the character of um, Nick and Nora are mostly known for their quips. They're mostly known as sarcastic one-liner kind of bits. And there's a lot of one-liners. And Maggie Smith gives some great reads on this. And what's funny is that her Oscar win was for um, California Suite. So she has worked with, she does work with Neil Simon again and knows the rhythm of it. I mean, she's a classically trained actress. And I have to say, and this is the one time I'll be kind of, objective of, of women she is amazing looking in this movie oh, she was I mean, stunning she's she was stunning. a knockout yeah absolutely um, uh, and and the they have the uh the the dog which uh, mm-hmm. is known as aster but it's now myron myron is... knight and uh dick dicky where's my dicky uh he always has a martini glass in his hand yes yeah um and and he they do go into the nick and Nora thing to a certain extent where uh, Nick doesn't want to be a detective and tries to keep <laughs> the wife out of it. It's a very Ricky and Lucy type of thing mm-hmm. where the wife really wants to be the part detective, of the show, so to part speak. Of the show, you know, he says, what does he say? Uh, Niven says, uh, 
oh, please, darling, this is official business. And then goes right in and she says, but dear, I had a theory. <laughs> um, James Coco. I always get James Coco mixed up with Dom DeLuise, but Dom DeLuise is definitely more of a clown as opposed to James Coco, mm. who's much more of a kind of serious, but understands how he's lampooning it and doesn't mm-hmm. go f- go for the joke he goes more for the character and this character is amazing to me um how he plays this i love i love watching him in this um the, the interactions between him and his chauffeur are just so delightful um <laughs> when they're in the car and uh um the the zibun's there's there's a when the chauffeur is driving him and it's you know it's it's a dark and stormy night and he he's talking about i can feel it in me bones bones you have bones and you need not tell me where are the bones oh no monsieur the bones in my body (laughs) they really they really the the two of them just play play off the act the accent jokes really well what's the bit that they talk about the chocolate or that james james cromwell uh, wipes the chocolate like he, he like, like licks his, his handkerchief yeah. and mm-hmm. uh wipes off james coco's face it's it's very like a child that um mm-hmm. coco plays it which is a perfect uh, thing um peter folk it was really funny so I, I was watching this the other night in preparation for our thing and mm-hmm. um my wife who you know megan um has never seen it she she was fascinated by it she she didn't she was reading her book but she was watching out of the corner of her eye and she says what are you watching and i said said what it was and i said who peter fogg is playing and she says well that just looks like colombo <laughs> we have a french coat which to a certain extent yeah. it's it's the same kind of thing i mean he he's got the cigarette smoking and he's got <laughs> this and that going and what have you um but peter fogg is absolutely wonderful at playing those very strong type of characters who um, know what they want, but at the same time, they're absolutely um, ridiculous when it comes to certain things. I mean, Columbo is more bumbling than Sam mm-hmm. Spade. Sam, Sam to me is much more of like a downer. Like he's the Debbie Downer who comes in and he's like, <laughs> oh, I learned this from there and you, you can go to hell and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it's uh, uh, Pete, um, Peter Falk is one of my favorite actors, and he's he's so great in in this. And like we were saying before, the um, back and forth between him and um, his secretary is just some of the best 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 stuff. Of mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Sam, can you get me a drink and all that? And he says, oh, I'm gonna go to the can. You get yourself a drink. I gotta go water. to the can again. I don't want to miss nothing. <laughs> I actually, there used to they used to be at the movie. I can't remember which movie theater chain it was. They'd have this kind of opening montage of clips from movies that they would use to kind of um, demonstrate, like, you know, about cell phone, like not letting your cell phone ring or, you know, not climbing over people. And it, and it ended with Peter Falk doing the, uh, I got to go to the can again. I don't want to miss nothing. Um, and I didn't know what that was from until I saw that movie. That's, that's really funny. Uh, going back just really quickly to uh, James Cromwell. Uh, this is actually his theatrical debut. He'd only done TV at this point, And this was the very first time that he had ever done a um, film. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. Do what I you going to do. I have a situation with my uh, little four-legged roommate. Yeah, go ahead. This will be all edited for you folks. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, he was climbing on something he wasn't supposed to. I'm assuming you can edit this out. Yes, I can edit this out. Thank this you. is a this is a catastrophe right now. <laughs> it's a catastrophe. <laughs> Which was actually a uh, review of cats when it came out, so I can't, <laughs> I can't take the credit for that one. Nice. Uh, I'm back. In any case. Um, I will let you know if he if there is a repeat occurrence. That's he's, fine. he's staring at me. It's like, what are you doing? Um, and then we have the, uh, kind of the last uh, piece of the puzzle, which is Jessica Marbles, played by the wonderful Elsa oh. Lancaster. Who? What, what was funny is I knew her before from her performance in Mary Poppins. That, that that's what I had known her from before too, and yeah. I, her and the uh, her nurse. Um, uh, yes, Ms. Withers, played Ms. by Estelle yes. Winward. And this was, I believe, this was the final film for both of them, I think. Uh, was it? 
I think it might have been. Uh, eight, no, eighty-four. No, so uh, the um, no, uh, Miss With. No, it was. Yeah, Miss With. The, she Miss Withers never did another movie after Murder by uh, Death, and um, Estelle Lancaster died not too long after um, this movie uh, came out. Um, mm. And what was, um, yeah, just reading really quickly, she actually had two strokes at once. So she, oh, she poor woman. Um, and funny enough, so I knew her from that, but I didn't know her from anything else. And then mm. I look at her biography and I'm like, wait, she was the bride of Frankenstein? What? Was she really? She was. That was her big role of recognition. And then she got an Oscar nom for come into the stable and witness for the prosecution. Oh, my goodness. Who that knew? is very cool. Who knew? Who knew? I mean, it's it's all in all in the in the uh, characterizations, but she's just as funny. And the fact that <laughs> they say well, uh, Miss Miss uh, Withers is her nurse. Yes, she's taking care of her. It's it's just a really funny um, back and forth and all that. And um, and I guess we can also talk about so in all these movies, there's always those moments and those kinds of they get the clues, they figure things out, and out of nowhere, they end up coming out with this amazing kind of summation, and they mm-hmm. it's always in a room, and they always come in and say, I know who you are, you're so-and-so, and you did such-and-such. Such there's some of- elaborate twist there's that has elab- to be explained. Yes. At the very end, each and every one of them come out after, and I'm not going to, I don't want to give anything away, because I think people mm-hmm. really need to go see this movie. But at the very end, they come out, and they talk to the villain, and they give the big twist, but it builds on each other. So I think the first one is Ms. Marbles, then the next one comes in, and it's uh, Peter Sellers, the next one comes in, it's Niven, next one comes in, and it's... Uh, um, well, I know Coco. the last one is Sam Spade. Yeah, it's Coco. And then the last one is Sam Spade. Sam Spade, yeah. Or Sam Diamond. Sam Diamond. And he's like, you're all wrong. <laughs> which is just as, which is absolutely funny. The funny thing about this one is that there, I like this movie in the sense that it's all for the comedy and it's all to send everything up. And there really isn't, I mean, there is a payoff, but there's not really a big payoff that you're like, this is why it was, but this is, mm-hmm. but he was kind of just documenting it to show how egotistical and how narcissistic they all were mm-hmm. and how amazing he was. Um, there was that actually, that reminds me, one of my favorite exchanges uh, involving Peter Falk is, is when, uh, when, Truman, when, when Lionel Twain is uh, explaining to them why they're all there. And um, he, he's talking about how, how, much credit they've gotten over the years for being these brilliant detectives. And he, he, he's, he's talking about uh, who's number one. And he's like, me, I'm number one. And Peter Falk says, to me, you look more like number two. You know what I mean? And Maggie Smith turns to uh, Eileen Bright. She's like, what does he mean, Miss Kevington? I'll tell you later. It's disgusting. She yeah, just says it with such disdain. Maggie Smith is amazing in this and it's so subtle what she's doing and she doesn't have to like milk the laughs but she does get the laughs. That's one of the things that makes it so funny is you don't get the sense that they're playing it for laughs they're just going about their business and it happens to be hilarious. Um, My my favorite bit with Maggie Smith there's a a scene when they're all locked in the room together and uh, the maid is a banging on the door and Maggie Smith says come in and David says, darling the woman is stone deaf oh sorry come in yeah it's one of those classic vaudeville jokes which uh, Simon is is very much known for I mean this is very like on the edge of like if you look if you looked at Simon uh, Neil Simon's work Simon like I know him uh, Neil Simon's work before Wait, you're not best buds no I know um, Neil Simon's work before um, he started writing the plays it was a lot of comedy bits and he knows he knows how to do that he knows how to play um, the comedy bits and he knows how to do the comedy but he also knows how to not milk the comedy and make it seem so. Um, mm-hmm superfluous and futile um and funny enough so we're, we're talking about all these amazing literary characters you're probably asking yourself well what about the ultimate literary character sherlock holmes and dr watson well <laughs> they were supposed to be in it they actually 
it what there were various drafts written that Neil Simon had them predominantly, but they felt there were too many characters. There was too much going on. So they were end up. So in some. I feel like they they would be a bit out of their time too. The rest of these characters were kind of of the same era. Uh, Sherlock Holmes might've been a little, I I feel like that might've been a little hard, harder to pull off. That's true. Um, But in some TV versions, there, there was a, a deleted scene where everyone is leaving and they show up at the last minute and (laughs) like the last ones they've been. Oh, I I don't think I've seen that one. It's in the credits. It says in some versions it shows Sherlock Holmes played by Keith uh, McConnell and Dr. Watson played by uh, Richard Peel arriving as the other oh guests are leaving. Yeah, um, I love I love when you can kind of randomly catch those things that people never see. It's like seeing the part of the Goonies with the giant octopus. That's very true. There were uh, three other um, scenes that were cut. One of them was en route to the Twain mansion, the Charleston's nearly run over Tess uh, Steffington, who is currently uh, returning to Sam Diamond's car with gasoline. Oh, gasoline. Instead of giving her a lift, they apologize and drive on. <laughs> of course they do. The second one was upon arriving at the Twain Mansion, Jessica Marble's London um, cabbie lets her know the fare. I guess that was funny. And after, <laughs> after not giving anything away, after Twain's murder, Willie Wang claims to have found a clue in a dead man's hand that was overlooked by the great detectives. The clue, a note from Lionel Twain, deceased, turns out to only be a reminder to the milkman to stop delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's, that's pretty funny. I kind of wish they'd kept. I kind of wish they'd kept those. Yeah, um, I'd be okay with it. But yeah, but again, um, and and looking at the reviews and looking at the reception, it was absolutely received wonderfully. They, um, New York Times said that it was Simon's nicest, breeziest screenplays. They gave credit to James Coco for being very funny mm-hmm. as a somewhat prissy takeoff on uh, Hercule uh, Poirot and All David. Right. Di- uh, uh, David Niven and uh, Maggie Smith marvelous as Dick and Dora Charleston though they haven't enough to do um, from one reviewer says um, they say it's very good like Neil Simon's satirical comedy with an all-star cast we have to remember that this is the Avengers it was like an all-star cast to get these people to to do it I mean these were all very very famous actors and performers and what have you I mean and then throw in Truman Capote who was known for um in Cold Blood, the book. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was an icon on his own just to be in this movie. And I will say, he's actually, I didn't like him the very first time I saw this movie. But I, when I watched it again the other night, I was like, you know what? He's actually not bad. He's no, not he's bad. not at all. No. Um, he's actually one of the more enjoyable um, discoveries and surprises of the of the entire movie. So I, I mm-hmm. have to give that to him. And they said the same thing. And so much so that um, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for best acting debut in a picture uh, for a male. So he... His, his, like, his frustration with, with all of the egos is, is you can feel it uh, coming <laughs> off the screen and, hit, and how he kind of like picks apart the flaws that I guess made the original character so funny. Like when, when uh, Peter Sellers as Sidney Wang, you know, certain parts of speech he doesn't use. He says something like, what the meaning of this is the, is the, what is the meaning of this? Yeah, he starts yelling like pronouns, pronouns and- and, Use your goddamn pronouns and articles. That I think had me laughing out loud last night or the as other I've night gotten, when I as I've gotten older and actually especially because my job involves writing so much and I'm so yeah. careful about editing I feel that frustration so much more now than I did when I first saw this movie pronouns, pronouns yeah um yeah and and yeah there's so many good bits it's it is a very memorable movie if you've seen it it pays if you it pays off well if you know both the literary references that they're making and all these literary references were eventually made into movies. So there are movie references that you, that they play with both. They play with the literary, they play with what was done in the movies prior to this. They pay, they play with everything. And that's what makes it more interesting. And like I said, they don't spend time. It, it's kind of what movies at that time did. They don't spend time 
with backstory, with all this kind of nonsensical, there's not too much exposition. You know who no, the characters we know, are. We know, we, we, they make very clear early on who these people are. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it pays if you know it, and if you don't, then you're completely lost and there's nothing we can, <laughs> we can do for you. Um, there's not much to be help, help to be given. If yeah. you don't have them, no, but 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 you you definitely got to see this movie to believe it. It's really funny. Like I said, it did spawn um, a sequel called The Cheap Detective, which actually I have not seen yet. I have it, but I do have. No, but there I was have a not seen, Yeah, so it does feature um, uh, Peter Falk playing <laughs> Lou uh, Peckabon, which is a parody of Humphrey Bogart. It's basically a parody of Bogart's movies, uh, Casablanca and the Maltese Falcon. So he basically plays the same character, as, except it's not, he's not called Sam Diamond. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, the movie includes, just listen to this cast, and I really want to go back and watch this movie right now. It includes Madeline Kahn. Oh my God. Uh, Louise Fletcher. Uh, Anne Margaret, Eileen Brennan, Stalker Channing, Marsha Mason, Sid Caesar, John John Hausman, Dom DeLuise, that is my Dom DeLuise, Abe Bogota, James Coco, Phil Silvers, Fernando Lamas, Nicole Williamson, Scatman Crothers, Vic Tabak, and Paul Williams. I think you had me at Madeline Kahn. And that was the first name. Um, so yeah, it's he he plays a bumbling. It says he plays a bumbling San Francisco private eye, trying to prove himself innocent of his partner's murder, while helping a bizarre array of characters recover a lost treasure. So it's basically, it's basically wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and from what I can tell, it looks like Madeline Kahn. I mean, only Madeline Kahn that can do this plays the um, femme fatale kind of kind of character. So sounds like it should be a Mel Brooks movie. It's got definitely got some of his kind of staple actors in there. It really does. I mean, well, I mean, Neil Simon and Mel Brooks actually knew each other. They were friends and, mm-hmm. and what have you. So it makes sense. And it um, and there's one other name that is just labeled as Captain, but David Augen Styers is in this movie that's delightful that's like james cromwell being in this movie it's like <laughs> this, this little thing that you're like wait he's in this what 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 am i missing um um but yeah so um it, it's very similar it's very again tongue-in-cheek um playing with it and it's again written by neil simon and uh directed by robert moore so it, it has the same kind of um aspect ratio to it if you will mm-hmm. and then obviously um, I'll talk about Clue at some point. I, I haven't seen that movie in forever, but that's very similar in terms of the murder mystery comedy bit to it. And Eileen Brennan is in that one That was Mrs. Peacock, well. of course. Yep. Yeah, I've actually did recently done two two readings of the Clue script, and I've seen the movie. I, I could quote that movie from, like, top to bottom. So yeah. I know that movie well. I actually, I will say, um, speaking of our mutual friend melissa ellers i almost did a um i almost uh, subbed for one of her murder mysteries i think they wanted me to play mr green but i think yeah, i ended fun. up getting, getting canceled at the last minute so i couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't do it but that i ended up doing that and then we were talking about the 2009 um knives out movie which is again it's a it's a little bit more taken seriously but there's definitely some comedy bits and funny things into it especially when um like we said before chris evans is telling him oh, God. he thinks He's... um go to hell or screw you what, what's what was he uh saying that the uh was it and fuck you oh, eat shit. And... oh fuck you and eat shit yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so but yeah definitely see this movie it's it's a fun it's just fun it's a fun comedy it's a fun who who done it although like i said the payoff is a little not mm. what you expect um that's, that's the best kind of who done it is when the payoff is not what you expect it's the the payoff is weak is what i'll say i I don't i don't care for the payoff but i'll watch it again i found it oddly satisfying (laughs) maybe because there is no payoff Uh, i'm kidding there is a payoff there there (laughs) is something but it's nothing builds to it but that's what these um mysteries were like the payoff was something that you were like wait how did he even get to that and you're like (laughs) it was entertaining who gives a shit (laughs) you know um it really is a really wonderful movie. 
Yeah. I, I even love the opening the opening credit sequence with this like hand drawn anime it's like hand drawn animation showing all of these characters, and they're yep. just it's 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 just fun. Do you know who did the the caricatures and and artwork for the for that? Uh, do you know I that at all? Charles Adams, the creator of the Adams family. That's why it looks so much like the original uh, comic strip of Adams family. Total sense. I was going to say if I had to guess, I would have said what's his name, uh, Gory. Is it Edward Gorey, I think? Yes, yes. Yeah, it took me a second. I believe it's Edward Gorey. He, he did like the opening of uh, Masterpiece Mystery. There you go. Some more style. And the other thing too is if you did ever were interested, I don't know if it's still in print, so I don't want to say too much about it, but they did do a novelization. It was H.R.F. Uh, Keating did a um, novelization version of... Um, of the script i don't know if it's still in print mm-hmm. um but it, it says it does contain the um deleted scenes that we were just talking about before it cool. does and it actually has a totally different ending with um oh we didn't talk about alec can we talk about just really quickly yeah. alec, alec guinness's character name is <laughs> benson mum oh J- james sir benson mum yeah um oh my goodness but yeah it's um it, there's a whole different ending. I'm not going to spoil it. If it ends up, if it is on, uh, if you can find it on mm-hmm. Amazon or whatever, um, definitely worth the read. But yeah, yeah, Al Gillis plays Benson. Mom. Oh my God. He, he's so, it's so crazy what he does with this, with this character. And they, 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 the things they had, the things they got him to do. It's not, it's like you said, I mean, most, mostly what I know him from is from star Wars, but at one point during the course of this uh, murder mystery that these famous detectives have to solve, they go into the kitchen and there's the butler's body and he's yeah. naked. Yeah. And then they leave and they come back and the clothing is there, but the body is gone. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing I love is, and I'll, I'll do spoil alert so that we don't ruin it. If you don't want to hear about this, then, then you can stop the recording here. But um, mm-hmm. I do love when they do do the the turns and they do like the the, the final twist or whatever. Mm-hmm. He plays it to every twist they bring in just to piss them off. Mm-hmm. Like you are, you're not Benson, Mum. You're you're Mrs. It's Rita. Rita, thank you. I and he has to be called. And he like does this kind of. Yeah. thing like he waves his hand his hand in front of his forehead like a woman would if she were kind of flipping her bangs i prefer to be called Rita. yes yeah he 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 he, he leans into everything and, he, and mm-hmm. i think i think what they was great is that he just kind of he knew what he was playing off and if you ever want to also see another really good alec guinness performance where it's just plain comedy the original lady killers he's playing the part that tom hanks um, played in in the in the remake, he does it way better, and it's so funny. Uh, and, I, and I mean, I, I love Tom Hanks, and but no offense to Tom Hanks. Yeah. If I had to choose between Alec Guinness and Tom Hanks, I'd probably go with Alec Guinness. Well, and not to give anything away, but in that movie, you also have Peter Sellers. Nice. So I've not actually seen Lady Killers. I know I, know I haven't either. I haven't either. So um, um, and what was funny is just a couple of weeks ago we did a reading of Doctor Strange Love. So um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of knee deep in Peter Sellers' Peter work Sellers. at this point. <laughs> I just need to do Lolita, and I've got the the trifecta. <laughs> um, oh but, no! I this this movie. Yeah. And like you said, they they lean into every joke. They they commit. Um, the maid um, when she 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 because she's mute she can't scream but she comes running into the dining room and she's miming screaming and they're like they, they can't tell what the problem is and she whips out of her apron a card and she hands it to uh peter sellers and he looks at my name is yetta i don't work thursdays yeah, it's, it's the fact the fact that like the what is it, the acme letter writing company wrote her a card that says my name is yetta i don't work thursdays like they kept that so consistent well and also if you um if anyone's interested, I, I will at some point. One of my favorite. So I'm too young, but one of my dream roles as I when I get older is to do the Sunshine Boys and to play Al Lewis, the uh, George Burns character, not the uh, the other character. But in that, Neil Simon basically uses his old um, 
comedy know-how and he says what's funny and what isn't ketchup is funny tomato is not funny uh, <laughs> the number 25 is funny but the, the number 23 is not funny <laughs> and it's it's a little ham and you know a little uh mm. tongue-in-cheek but mm. i mean i I, it was funny after I heard that joke because I laughed really hard at that one. I actually turned it off and I, I started repeating it to see if like Monday or Tuesday was better. But no, Thursday, for some reason, that, that made me laugh more. Maybe the syllables, maybe the fact that it was Thursday. I don't work Thursdays. It, it, just something about it made, <laughs> makes me laugh harder than if it said, you know, she came in and said, um, my name is, you know, I, I don't work Mondays or it's just, it's just a random day to not be working. The logic ends up being, well, Wednesdays you'd be in the middle of the day, Thursdays though, but then you have to go back on Friday. So why won't you take Friday? So yeah. you end up doing this fucked up, <laughs> fucked up thing with your head to kind of like put the logic to it. So I think that's what makes it funny. Um, I think everything about that movie is just so funny and so delightful. Really yeah. And even the small little like short phrases that, um, uh, Estelle Winward is given like the, okay. the little bits and things and all that and the couple moments she has with Peter Falk are hysterical they <laughs> really really are I think he looks at they're all like holding hands because yeah. they so this is the scene when uh, Mr. Twain says you know that there's going to be a murder um, so they're all sitting around the table and they're all holding hands because they figure you know if they're all there and they're all holding hands nothing's going to happen to any of them yeah. And uh, Peter Falk keeps looking at Estelle Winwood, and he's like, "Stop it, stop!" And, and, and they they all look at him like, "What's happening?" And he's like, "The old bird keeps giving my my palm the finger." <laughs> and she looks; she just has this very small smile of satisfaction on her face. So um, I actually didn't realize I stole a joke from that. Um, just really quickly, the very first um, show I did with theater at theater to go was arsenic and old lace and i was um teddy brewster in arsenic and old lace opposite andrew quinney who we know um uh uh he was um the peter laurie character mm -hmm. and we have one scene together and i decided and this was the very first time i met him the very first time we ever worked together i decided every night i was just going to break him and at one point we're doing our scene and he like does something like pat me on the back and I just do that. I'm like, stop it <laughs> <laughs> to the audience. And he just starts laughing hysterically. Um, there are other times where I started like petting him, petting his, his head slowly. <laughs> and, um, and oh, I, I, th I think I told you this, but one time I went completely off because I had lost myself. So I turned to him and um, he thinks, I, I think I'm a general. Oh, no, I think I'm Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt I'm yeah. the general. I'm the president. So I say, uh, President Roosevelt, I'm talking to Quinny. Mm -hmm. And he looks at me strange and says, oh, no, you're a general. I'm, pre I'm, <laughs> I say, I'm, I'm President Roosevelt, you're the general, and I look at the audience and I say, I'm okay, and I keep going <laughs> with my dialogue, and Quinny is gone, he just could not stop laughing, and he, and afterwards we came back and he says, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's kind of fun to break the other actors on stage. Sometimes it's fun. I, I, you're, um, you're our, our friend and colleague, John Workman, I used to do all the time when we did Shakespeare together. It's, mm -hmm. it's really fun. Um, but we could go on and on about our old experiences. But um, okay. long and short of it, see this movie, see this. Um, Jackie, is there anything that um, you wanted to talk about in terms of this movie that we haven't, any final thoughts about this movie besides how funny and how it has us both rolling in the aisles. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, think we may have hit, hit all of the important points. It's just that yeah. the write, the writing, the acting, the, the direction, everything, it's just the complete package. Yeah. And, and it, like I said, it helps if you're well-read, which um, thankfully uh, I, I know Jackie is very well-read. So these references all work out very well. Um, so yeah, please go and see this movie. It's very, very funny. Um, but anyway, um, thank you so much for listening. I want to thank my friend Jackie for coming and spending some, some time um, um, with me to talk about this movie. Um, definitely Jackie, you're more than welcome 
any time to come back and, and talk about any movie or musical. We had, uh, I do musicals I on the show. And I also do albums if you're interested in any music albums or anything. So you're more than welcome to come on. I'm like um, looking at my video shelves right now. <laughs> hmm, what can we do? No. Um, and my eyes are kind of landing on my cousin Vinny for some reason. <laughs> I haven't even thought of that. I, um, we'll have to talk. We'll talk after after we stop recording. But um, um, but thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for uh, stopping in and listening. Please listen to other episodes. Um, I have a plethora that just came out, um, mostly top ten hits. Um, I talk about Oringo Boingo. I just talked. To, I I just recorded Billy Joel with my friend Rachel. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'll be talking about um, why well, just we talked about Princess Bride, which Jackie actually will be back for um, our reading of Princess Bride. Um, not to be the villain this time. I was, was going to say Jackie gets to play the villain, and um, I never get to be the villain. And if I'm not mistaken, Jackie gets to do scenes with me, just yelling at yelling at her. I, my name is Nico Montoya, um, and um, and obviously Enchanted Enchanted April, as we spoke about before. And also check out the movie the movie critics of Rep series. Uh, we just finished season one. The entire thing is up on Spotify and wherever you can get your um, podcast. So please listen. Uh, we are currently starting pre production in into season two, which amazingly uh, Jackie has been very gracious to accept a, a role in, in that and uh, I won't give anything away but she gets to play kind of a badass and again work with John like Workman <laughs> <laughs> um, but like it's it. it's yeah it's going to be so much fun and uh, so please check out everything check out everything uh, as we go please continue to be safe keep wearing your masks until I know the vaccine uh, vaccines are coming your way so hopefully in a couple months we'll all this will be behind us but please keep being safe keep taking care of yourself taking care of your family and have a wonderful night thank you so much thank you when you're looking to plan your next Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line vacation, we suggest you reach out to Danielle Elliott at Marvelous Mouse Travels. Danielle is a long, uh, lifelong Disney enthusiast, a former Walt Disney World cast member, and a graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge. When you book with her, your booking includes 100% free concierge-level services, uh, some of which include customizing the perfect Disney vacation package for your, you and your family and your budget, uh, booking those difficult-to-secure fast passes and dining reservations, uh, providing tips and tricks to get out the most of your vacation, and more. Uh, Danielle also monitors Disney promotions to help you save money for those uh, Disney trip veterans still be in control of all the details. Danielle will take care of all your needs so you can have all the fun and truly say Akuna Matata throughout your time at Disney. Contact her for your free quote at danielle.elliot at marvelousmousetravels, one word, dot com, or by messenger, messen, messaging her on her Facebook page.